0: Yo, it's your man, Chris Malin, and you're listening to the Heart of the Game. We're back with our second episode with the Jordan guy, Andrew Goldberg. As he shares his story with us, his quest to collect every single ticket from the GOAT, Michael Jordan, every game he's ever played in. Okay, so you're building this ticket collection and... Um... How are you tracking these tickets down? Is there is eBay? Is eBay the number one source for you? Is there some kind of platform out there for ticket stubs, or people trade these things uh, like baseball cards, or, or how does that work?
1: So yeah, yeah eBay is definitely the top um, source for me. Um, there have been some other auction sites that I've found, but eBay is definitely uh, has been the the top so- source by, by far, um, and um, so uh and there's also like a facebook user group for um for ticket stub collectors there's actually a couple of them but there's that i'm a part of and i've i definitely you know i'm i'm now known as the michael jordan ticket guy there um and so i do get some emails every once in a while or um you know messengers you know messenger messages you know um just saying hey by the way i found this ticket do you need it And so that's pretty cool because it's now it's, you know, I'm part of a community of ticket stub collectors where, um, again, it was sort of surprising to me. I have to say, you know, when I started on this journey, um, I had thought that there must be someone else or multiple people who have tried to do this before. Right. And maybe they have, and they just haven't surfaced because maybe, because it's been, you know, since 2003 that he's played. So maybe they completed it a long time ago and they're just not, You know they you know socked it away somewhere and they're not talking about it you know right but um so that's possible but over these five years i have talked to a ton of ticket buyers and sellers and collectors and i ask a ton of people do you know of anyone else who's doing this and no one has heard of it the closest i've heard of is um there is a guy who's trying to collect every game from his rookie year only and i've heard from one other guy recently said yeah there's other people doing it i said well who Oh, I don't know. You know, so it's like this vague, you know, sort of response. Okay. Um, so, so it's conceivable that I may have, you know, the largest Michael Jordan ticket stuff collection in the world.
0: Man. Um, so I, how is, many? How many do you have? Do you have his entire career, or or you're close?
1: To, it sounds like you're close to it. Or so I'm about seventy percent there. So um, out of the one thousand two hundred sixty-four tickets, as of today. I'm at eight hundred and ninety-two. So I've still got three hundred and seventy-two to go. So it's not like I'm, you know, you know, just almost there. You know, there's yeah. there's a ways to go, but I've certainly come a long way, um,
0: for sure. And what what are the quality of most of these tickets that you get, you know, from eBay or from other collectors? Are are they like are most of them pristine quality or is it something that somebody, you know, you talk about, you know, they they shoved it in their pocket after the game and they let it sit and it was in one of their drawers for the last 15, 20 years. And they have they just
1: realized they had it. You know, it really, I mean, as you can imagine, it just really runs the gamut um, from ticks that are really beat up. Um, I mean, if it's r- relatively unrecognizable, I probably won't be interested in it, but um, if there's a crease in it, you know, and I just don't have the game, then I, once I get it, no matter the condition, you know, now I can check that box, Yeah, you know, you know then, then I've got it. Um, and, you know, as the collection goes on, I do try to upgrade when I can. If I see something that looks like it's in great condition, maybe it's better than the one I had. If I can get it for a good price, I'll try to, you know, certainly upgrade. And that's certainly part of the collector's, you know, mentality. And it, and it runs the gamut all the way up to having something that's in really pristine condition. Either it's a stub or it's a full ticket unused. I recently, um, uh, as a result of The Last Dance and um, getting some media attention you know, for the collection, I've had probably over 40 people reach out to me that I've never met before saying, I, I got your information uh, from your article and do you have this ticket? And in one case, there was um, someone who had um, the uh, clinching game from the 1996 finals. Wow. Um, which i already ha- which i already had but his was a full ticket unused and it's has been this sort of story in his family where he got the games mixed up because he was he was trying to count the letters and their letters for the playoffs were a b c d e etc and they always skip the letter i because they didn't want to be confused with game one so he miscounted and thought that he didn't have the ticket for that game, even though he did. Oh. And so he, he had two of these full tickets that he then got framed that were just sitting in his house all this time. He said, look, I, I could sell you one of them. I said, sure. And you know, we agreed on, you know, on a price. Um, in another case, which is very cool um, as a result of all this as well, there have been many individuals who have reached out to me and have, and when it's a term of they have a ticket that I could use, um, they have been very generous and have just sent me the ticket and um and you know and i think can i at least send you some money for posters and they say no don't worry about it i'm going to just send this to you and um in a recent uh case of this um someone had shown me one ticket which was a wizards ticket versus the chicago bulls which was kind of cool um uh during jordan's final year in the nba and i didn't have it and so he said he would send it to me for free he'd also sent me a photo of some other ones which included you know again this different person but um the uh, unused uh, finals tickets from 1997, so games one, two, and six, because they had wow. home court advantage that year, and they're unused and it looked like they were in great condition. So I didn't want to pretend to say, you know, you know, would you know, or, or just suggest that he should send them to me for free. So I said, if you're ever ready to part with those, let me know, um, and I'd be happy to, you know, work out a price with you. And he, um, when I got the ticket that he said he would send me for free. He sent me the other ones.
0: Oh wow!
1: And That's I, incredible. I, I was blown away. I was blown yeah. away. I couldn't believe the generosity. I mean, th- that clinching ticket has definitely has some value on it, um, mm-hmm. and it is immediately I, I the best ticket yeah. in my collection for that game. It's immediately the best ticket. So um, it's another point you know to make is that I'm not here to you know turn around sales of, of these tickets. I'm not trying to just get them cheap and sell them. I'm I'm truly collecting them. You know, and I have lots of doubles and I have some folks who have come to me because of the last dance and have said, hey, do you have any extras of the finals games? Like they're just collecting the finals. And I said, you know what? I do have a couple, you know, duplicates, but I'm not interested in selling them. However, if you've got doubles or you've got or let me say the different way, if you have tickets of games that I do not have and we can find in a, you know, a relatively you know equivalent value of this finals game that you'd like and some games that I don't have, I'll be, I would love to do a trade. And so that's where I'm at, you know, with that is that I'm not looking to, you know, make a quick buck or even sell some of the really, you know, special ones because um, a, they'll probably go up in value over time, but B again, that's not the point. I want them as equity to trade. Yeah. I, want, I need the trade bait or the trade equity.
0: To, to move up and get some of the more valuable tickets too from those. Right. You know that. Yeah. So that one thing that is really impressive to me about this story is that the whole goal behind this is more of a a, a personal uh, uh, value for these tickets to you. That you really yeah. enjoy the collection of this and and the feeling, uh, the experience behind um, all of these games. Being a Chicago Bulls fan and a Michael Jordan fan, that makes it really special I think and I'm sure that the guy that sent you those those two additional tickets I was probably thinking that too was that you know hey this guy's going to really value these tickets this is going to be something for him especially that's pretty cool
1: yeah and you know he sent them to me and um you know he, he wasn't asking for anything in return um as it turns out you know I just you know through our conversation you know we we figured out that something that he's trying to collect are ticket stubs from every game of Brett Favre's um, uh, start streak. And, um, so I said, look, I've got a few, you know, tickets, you know, football tickets from green Bay, from that era. I'll take a picture and you let me know if you got them. I had like seven. He said, I don't have any of these. I said, great. I'm sending them to you. Wow. And that's not, you know, that's not my collection, but it's yours. So I'll send yeah. them right back to you. So, so he sort of, you know, unknowingly, you know, embarked on this trade, you know? And so, so worked out. Wow. Yeah, and, you know, I'm giving him what he, you know, could use, and he's helping me out.
0: So are there certain games that you've kind of crossed off or, you know, circled on your calendar, so to say, Who are like Jordan's last game at Madison Square Garden where you're like, I got to have that ticket. Are there some of those that you've gone after more so than other
1: tickets? Well, I mean – you know, I, I'm going after all of them, um, but you know, some may be harder to find or more expensive. Um, sort of the big two, you know, the key games that I just don't have. One is the NBA debut, and um, we well, I'll talk talk to you about price for that in a moment. But um, the other is the 63-point uh, playoff game in Boston. I've got most of the other key games. Um, that you know you could think of um i don't have every rookie game um which in some ways every rookie game is a key game you know you know for some folks but um but in terms of like named games or you know games that something special happened in i've got just about every other one of them so you know if you're talking about like the shot or the shot 2 i've got those the flu game i've got that um you're talking about all six of the clinching games from the nba championships i've got that the shrug game got that one <laughs> the, the, the you know the, the the return to basketball in 95 against indiana got that um the double nickel game in madison square garden um so there's there's all these you know moments in time that are just really fun to sort of take, take a walk down um you know memory lane I mean, there are, and then there's these little moments that aren't necessarily always known as significant games, so to speak. But I've done a lot of research, you know, throughout my time, like there was a game in the fall of 92 after the Bulls had beaten the Trailblazers and they'd come back into town. Um, Scotty Pippen was at the free throw line, missed the free throw, and Jordan comes flying in to dunk it as a tip dunk. Um, he did that five or six times in his career, but that was probably one of the more famous ones that you usually see in the YouTube. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I've seen that one. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I have that game, you know, and for some people that'll be considered a key game for some others, not so much. Um, but you know, going back to the, um, the debut just to give it some perspective, um, cause I think it's good to know these numbers. So, um, if you were to, uh, are you familiar with uh, professional sports authenticators? Yes. Yeah. So you can send off, you know, all sorts of things to get authenticated, but it's mostly sports cards. It's probably the majority of their business, um, and then they, you know, they do this with tickets and you know autographs and, and the like. And so they have something on their site called a population report, where you can look up how many of a particular card or ticket. That they have seen and what how many they have graded at different levels. So, for the 86 Fleer Jordan number 57, that's the number on the back, which is widely considered the holy grail of collecting basketball cards. Right? Um, PSA has seen more than 17,000 of these cards. They have graded um, about three hundred of them, a little over three hundred of them as gem mint tens, so the highest grade. I don't remember off the top of my head how many are a nine, eight, and seven, but when you combine it all, I mean it's like several thousand are in this like upper echelon. But just for the ten, there's a three hundred, but seventeen thousand overall. Pre last dance, you could get a gem mint ten for about thirty-five thousand dollars. Oh my goodness. Thirty-five thousand dollars. Wow. Yes. Um, post find a car. That's crazy. It is. It's it's a down payment on a home. I mean, it's all sorts of things, right? It's, yeah. it's a year at college. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you know, it's a, it's it's a lot of these things. Um, and for some people, you know, it's a salary. You know, mm-hmm. it, I mean, it's 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 all these things. So, um, uh, with that said, um, post last dance. I, I, with my own eyes, anyway, saw that it had sold for on eBay for close to $50,000. And wow. I had seen on one of the auction sites outside of eBay that one had sold for $95,000. Wow. Now, the $95,000 could be, you know, very much an anomaly where there were a couple of people who, didn't know that you could probably get this for a lot cheaper and they thought this was the only shot at it and they just kind of bid each other back and forth until you got up to this high number um and you know some of it's just you know collecting is also having a good you no know, knowledge set of what things could or should be you know worth or valued at so you know how to bid and it could be that for these individuals $95,000 was not a lot of money for them you know uh and so it didn't you know bother them they just wanted to get it and they didn't mind overpaying you know a little bit. <laughs> um, but um, so just to give you that perspective. Now, with tickets, Michael Jordan's um, NBA debut ticket, which is October 26, 1984, and against the uh, Washington Bullets. And about a year ago, a not perfect condition one you know, um, but you know, decent condition. It was just, uh, labeled as authentic, not actually having a grade sold for $33,000. Wow! And guess how many PSA have seen of that one, something like 10. Now there's likely to be more than 10 out there, you know, clearly, but they've only the, the, the interest or the, or, or the, actual existence of these things is such that only 10 have been sent in for- Yeah, I'm kind you know, of surprised
0: that it's only 10.
1: Yeah, so so it just kind of shows you, when you're talking about like, you, even though it's not the best condition one, you could get one of those 17,000, right? And just to say you have one, even mm-hmm. if it's not the 10, right? You know, the gem mint 10. Um, to get just a ticket from his debut game, that's really hard to do, um, to just get one of those no matter what the condition is, because there aren't that many around. Um, but it's interesting when you hear there are 17,000 of, an, of a, an item, the best condition one sold for as much as $95,000 a year ago. Um, and th- they're so rare that they haven't gone up for sale that, that often. So um, one has not gone up for sale since then, at least the, what I would call the red season ticket holder version there's a sort of a blue box office version one that has, and it just doesn't sell for quite as much, but still in the thousands of dollars. Okay. Um, but to 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 think that it sold for $33,000 just says that there's, there is a sort of mismatch of demand for it based on the scarcity. And um, there's, I think, I believe like to believe that the ticket industry, the ticket selling or collectible industry is is growing and it just hasn't caught up yet. Um, but it, I, I believe it's going to keep growing. Um, I, you know, just like six, seven years ago, you could have gotten a Jordan debut ticket stub for probably 2,000 bucks. So <laughs> oh goodness, to think wow. that it's grown this much in this time. Yeah. You know, so what what would it sell for today? Now that the last dance has happened? I don't know. It could it be twice as much. It could be. I mean, it, it it doesn't feel like that would be, you know, given the numbers I've shared, that far off to say that it should be worth $75,000. Yeah, that, that's, for-
0: what I'm, that's what I'm curious about is post last dance. This documentary has done so well, especially with, you know, there's no live sports because of coronavirus. Uh, so this has really been the center of the sports world has been this documentary. And I'm sure I'm sure Jordan loves it. I'm sure he enjoys that attention. And, but also, I think for a lot of people that were too young to ever watch Michael Jordan to see this documentary and to see, wow, Michael Jordan was bigger than LeBron James. And to me, today, de- to this day, and whenever anybody asks me who's better, LeBron or, or Michael Jordan, I mean, like we talked about, they're from different eras, so it's kind of tough to compare. But I, I would pick Michael Jordan. Um, and uh he yeah, it's curious i'm really curious to see you know the value of these ticket stubs post last dance because it has definitely increased the interest in michael jordan
1: it, it has and so um let me tell you about you know like for instance a, a stub that did recently sell on one of these auction sites that gives you a hint of how this has grown so in in the ticket industry oftentimes you can get someone's uh, preseason debut, um, which is like their pro debut, or their uh, regular season debut. So in the NBA, it would be like their NBA debut. So um, in The Last Dance was referenced like the very first preseason game in Peoria, Illinois. Um, So uh, that game recently went up on auction. And it was a pretty simple looking Ticketmaster version of the ticket. Um, I don't know if there was another version, it might've been all Ticketmaster tickets and it sold for $34,000.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: And usually the, the pro debut is not as valuable as the regular season debut. So just by virtue of that says to me, um, I would imagine, you know, that, that his, his regular season debut is going to be significantly higher now than it was, you know, 12 to 18 months ago. And when you talk about scarcity, I mean, in my mind, when I think about scarcity, if demand were, you know, about the same for both, and this is one of those rare inserts or whatever you want to call it. I mean, his debut ticket could could be worth, you know, what it's not, if it's not today, sometime in the future, I don't know, a quarter million dollars. I I mean, it doesn't sound crazy. If there's only 10, you know yeah indicated out there versus 17,000 and one of them just sold for 95,000 like it doesn't I think it's maybe just a matter of time you know Um, and so you know that's been interesting so let me share about probably one of the um, coolest tickets I think I have um, which um, I didn't know what it was when I first got it Um, I had purchased a preseason game from his rookie year from a guy um, and i spent like probably a couple hundred bucks on it at the time i probably even thought i was overpaying for it um but it was a full ticket looked beautiful um you know the red season ticket holder version and i sent it off to get authenticated and it got graded as a six again very good grade for you know ticket stuff and as it turns out his rookie year that preseason there was only one of those preseason games was actually played in chicago the last preseason game of that preseason. The rest were out of town, either at a neutral site or another NBA stadium. And so that ticket is his Chicago stadium debut. It is his first time playing in Chicago with the number 23 on his back. That for me is really cool. Now, I have no idea what the value is. I can only give you tidbits of two conversations that I've had. One is I asked for a free appraisal from one of these auction sites. And they said, we really don't know, but it's a beautiful looking ticket. We would love to auction it if you're willing. And we think it could fetch anywhere from 15 to $20,000 minimum. And I thought, okay, that's interesting. I, I mean, I'm not, it's the only one I have. I'm keeping it. I'm collecting, you know, but that's really interesting to know. Um, another guy I spoke to who has sold some things on auction sites saw the ticket and said, Well, based on that ticket that just sold from the Peoria game, which was a very plain looking Ticketmaster ticket, and seeing what you have as his debut in Chicago, even though it's preseason first time playing in Chicago. He said, I would be surprised if it's not worth at least as much as that Peoria ticket sold for sure. So he's saying at least $34,000 again, which sounds great. Yeah. Um, you know, and maybe it'll, if that's the case, you know, maybe it'll be worth it even more. So I went to PSA to look at the population report and they have only seen two of these. Wow. One as a, as a stub and one as a full, which is mine. And it's right there. It says there's only been one that they've seen and it's graded a six and that's mine. So um, I don't know what that's worth. Maybe it's worth these tens of thousands of dollars. But for me, it's just a really cool piece of memorabilia that at the moment I have no intention of selling. Um, in fact, you know, the collection, I have no intention, you know, of selling, you know, I'm, I'm collecting it. I want to get there. And you know, I've been asked, so what do you do when you complete it? And my intention, and I don't know if they'll be interested, is but to find a partner such as uh, the United Center in Chicago or the Bulls um, or the, the NBA or, or the Basketball Hall of Fame, and ask them if they're interested in having a semi-permanent exhibition um, featuring this collection.
0: That's a great idea having that at the, the basketball hall of fame would be really cool for basketball fans to experience that and a collection that you started putting together. That That's a, that would be awesome. Um, when you do sure, get to yes. that point. Yeah. When you do get to yes. that point and, and complete this collection, um, which you, do you, do you have a timeline for that? By the way, do you have a goal where you're like, I would love to complete this within the next like five years or something like that, or you're just, you know, when, whenever I can or,
1: what's what's the goal? it's been five years and I've been monitoring the rate of my ability to collect (laughs) on a monthly basis and you know I'm pretty diligent you know about you know checking you know eBay and looking at you know doing some searches and all that and and there are some people who will come to me you know um, who remember me talking to them a couple years ago hey I found this I remember you're the Jordan guy but uh, the rate of collecting has certainly slowed down. Um, For about, uh, my first year was an anomaly, that's when I was really finding all the stuff that was just low hanging fruit. Um, Years two through four, um, I averaged about nine tickets a month. And this year I'm averaging, and there's been a bump because of the last dance, um, but even with that, I'm still only up to about six tickets a month this year so um it's definitely slowing down um i have to do the math on uh, i mean i guess the simple math would be oh geez um i mean it would take me four or five more years if i do six a month i think i don't know it's whatever 372 divided by six is (laughs) um you know it's that many months um uh, you know is how long it would take me but um You know, sometimes there's extra bumps where someone says, look, I was a season ticket holder of this team, and here you go. Um, One of the harder tickets right now, quite frankly, to find are uh, Wizards tickets. And um, and both home and away. So yeah, I mean, it would be great to find, you know, a former season ticket holder of the Wizards who says, here's my full book, I never used it, here you go. And that's also the interesting thing, is that because of the glow and excitement around Jordan, the majority of the tickets for his games were actually used and they were torn and put in pockets. So, so there's like good-
0: there's like patina on those tickets. It's <laughs> like they, they, they have a, a story to each one of them. That's kind of cool. And then even the ones that haven't been used, is pretty cool too. To, like the one you shared about the 96 uh, finals. Yeah. Okay. But,
1: yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, that's another point just to bring up is, you know, um you know, the ticket stops, you know, not just that realization of, you know, could there be value, you know, uh, just like, you know, a Babe Ruth ticket stub. But it was also um, this notion of these stubs were sort of witnesses to the sports event. They were in the room where it happened. They were in the same breathing air as Michael Jordan. And that's pretty cool. you know, when you think about sports cards, and I have nothing against sports cards. I think they're they're a lot of fun, and they're very accessible, you know, to young kids. Um, but they are a marketing idea um, for the most part. Um, and when the the industry became very uh, self-aware of its collectability, then marketers in these companies started saying, hey, what's an idea for a special insert that's limited that people will really start buying more of our packs for just to see if they can get that one? Mm-hmm. you know and that's where he started seeing you know cards with um, pieces of jersey in it or yeah. signatures and stuff like that and look it's fun like I don't I don't I can't fault that but it, it it's because of an individual who had a marketing mind a promotional mind and the tickets have value because of who the players were and what they accomplished on that field or on that court and um, to me that's just very very cool it's 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 um, again, driven by these athletes, not by someone in an office.
0: You know that's a really good point. I had never thought about that before with ticket collection, um, especially because, like what you're talking about, you can attribute each one of those tickets to a
1: specific instance in his career. That's pretty cool, yeah. I mean, exactly. And there's so many stories, you know, from his career and I used to, you know, really bond with my father over going to games or watching them on TV. And uh, so um, he's one of the few people I can actually call up when, you know, I get a cool ticket or got a good deal or something like that, or someone sent me a free ticket and he completely appreciates it. It's not that either one of us is necessarily going to remember a specific game, unless something very special happened there. Um, But, you know, we remember, you know, in general, going to see him play the moments, et cetera. I mean, either you, um, this is a very black and white thing. You either attended one of his games at Chicago stadium and were there for the intros where by the time they got to his name and now from North Carolina, and then you couldn't hear anything else from the announcer because it was too loud in the stadium. That's a feeling you, you cannot forget Yeah. and I've never had replicated. So when the Chicago Stadium was taken down and the United Center was built, I guess they changed the acoustics or the speaker system. And now you could hear the whole thing. It just wasn't the same, but literally it was so loud in Chicago Stadium. You could not actually hear his name spoken or announced. That wow. is a special thing.
0: That is a special moment. I always think of the Bulls intro theme song that they had in the nineties. That is, is, and I don't know, maybe they had it in the eighties too, but to me, it's always like, every time I hear that song, I think Bulls entrance song. It's so iconic. Yeah. It's
1: yeah. the Alan Parsons project. Um, I in the sky. And that's like the intro to that song. Okay. Um, I didn't know that. You just don't, it's a long intro. So you usually don't hear that intro on the radio um, when it's been played, but, um, that's where it comes from. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for
0: taking the time to uh, talk with me today and my listeners about uh, your experience as a basketball fan, as a Bulls fan, and, and certainly your experience as being a ticket stub collector for all of Michael Jordan's games. What an incredible story. Uh, for me, this has been one of the most fun interviews that I, I've done. Uh, so thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you, Chris, and um, if it's okay to just mention my Twitter handle, um, sure. if if folks listening um, have tickets at home and they think they might have something that they might be interested in um, parting with, um, my Twitter handle is Andrew L. Goldberg, and so that's A-N-D-R-E-W-L-G-O-L-D-B-E-R-G. Awesome. But Chris, thank you very much for bringing me on this is really a lot of fun to talk to you about this
0: yeah i really enjoyed it thank you very much that was an incredible interview with andrew goldberg the jordan guy thank you for listening to heart of the game and be sure to click that subscribe button to hear all of the new episodes as soon as they are released